Mapping U.S. imperialism. The greatest threat looming over our planet, the hegemonistic pretensions of the American empire are placing at risk the very survival of the human species. We continue to warn you about this danger, and we appeal to the people of the United States and the world to halt this threat, which is like a sword hanging over our heads. Hugo Chavez, the United States military is arguably the largest force of ecological devastation the world has ever known. Zia fam. Each generation must, out of relative obscurity, discover its mission, and fulfill it or betray it. France Fanon U.S. imperialism is the greatest threat to life on the planet, a force of ecological devastation and disaster impacting not only human beings, but also our non-human relatives. How can we organize to dismantle the vast and complicated network of U.S. imperialism which includes U.S. war and militarism, CIA intervention, U.S. weapons, technology, surveillance corporations, political and economic support for dictatorships, military junta's, death squads and U.S. trained global police forces favorable to U.S. geopolitical interests, U.S. imposed sanctions, so-called humanitarian interventions, genetically modified grassroots organizations, corporate media's manipulation of spontaneous protest, and U.S. corporate sponsorship of political repression and regime change favorable to U.S. corporate interests. This article deals with U.S. imperialism since World War II. It is critical to acknowledge that U.S. imperialism emanates both ideologically and materially from the crime of colonialism on this continent which has killed over 100 million indigenous people and approximately 150 million African people over the past 500 years. The exact death toll of U.S. imperialism is both staggering and impossible to know. What we do know is that since World War II, U.S. imperialism has killed at least 36 million people globally in Japan. Korea, Vietnam, Cambodia, Laos, Indonesia, Iraq, Afghanistan, Syria, Yemen, the Congo, Chile, El Salvador, Guatemala, Colombia, Haiti, Puerto Rico, Cuba, Dominican Republic, Nicaragua, Chad, Libya, East Timor, Grenada, Honduras, Iran, Pakistan, Panama, the Philippines, Sudan, Greece, Yugoslavia, Bosnia, Croatia, Kosovo, Somalia, Argentina, Bolivia, Brazil, Paraguay, Uruguay, and Palestine. See Appendix. This list does not include other aspects of U.S. imperialist aggression which have had a devastating and lasting impact on communities worldwide, including torture, imprisonment, rape, and the ecological devastation wrought by the U.S. military through atomic bombs, toxic waste and untreated sewage dumping by over 750 military bases in over 80 countries. The U.S. Department of Defense consumes more petroleum than any institution in the world. In the year of 2017 alone, the U.S. military emitted 59 million metric tons of greenhouse gases into the atmosphere, a carbon footprint greater than that of most nations worldwide. This list also does not include the impact of U.S. fossil fuel consumption and U.S. corporate fossil fuel extraction, fracking, agribusiness, mining, and monocropping, all of which are part and parcel of the extractive economy of U.S. imperialism. U.S. military bases around the world, figure from Al Jazeera, one central mechanism of U.S. imperialism is, dollar hegemony, which forces countries around the world to conduct international trade in U.S. dollars.
US dollars are backed by US bonds, instead of gold or industrial stocks, which means a country can only cash in one American IOU for another. When the US offers military aid to friendly nations, this aid is circulated back to US weapons corporations and returned to US banks. In addition, US dollars are also backed by US bombs. Any nation that threatens to nationalize resources or go off the dollar, i.e. Iraq or Libya, is threatened with a military invasion and or a US-backed coup. US imperialism has also been built through soft power organizations like USAID, the International Monetary Fund, IMF, the National Endowment for Democracy, NED, World Bank, the World Trade Organization, WTO, and the Organization of American States, OAS. These nominally international bodies are practically unilateral in their subservience to the interests of the U.S. state and U.S. corporations. In the 1950s and 60s, USAID, and its precursor organizations, made development aid to Asian, African, and South American countries conditional on those countries' legal formalization of capitalist property relations, and reorganization of their economies around homeownership debt. The goal was to enclose indigenous land, and land shared through alternate economic systems, as a method of combating communism with homeownership, and creating dependency and buy-in to U.S. capitalist hegemony, Nancy Quack, a world of homeowners. In order to retain access to desperately needed streams of resources, e.g. IMF, loans, Global South governments are forced to accept resource extraction by the U.S., while at the same time denying their own people popularly supported policies such as land reform, economic diversification, and food sovereignty. It is also important to note that Global South nations have never received reparations or compensation for the resources that have been stolen from them. This makes the idea of loans by global monetary institutions even more outrageous. The U.S. also uses USAID and other similarly functioning international bodies to suppress and to undermine anti-imperialist struggle inside friendly countries. Starting in the 1960s, USAID funded police training programs across the globe under a counterinsurgency model, training foreign police as a first line of defense against subversion and insurgency. These USAID-funded police training programs involved surveillance and the creation of biometric databases to map entire populations, as well as programs of mass imprisonment, torture, and assassination. After experimenting with these methods in other countries, U.S. police departments integrated many of them into U.S. policing, especially the policing of BIPOC communities here. See our entry on the Boston Police Department. At the same time, the U.S. uses USAID and other soft power funding bodies to undermine revolutionary, anti-colonial, anti-imperialist, and anti-capitalist movements, by funding safe reformist alternatives, including a global network of AFL-CIO-managed training centers, aimed at fostering a bureaucratic union culture similar to the one in the U.S., which keeps labor organizing loyal to capitalism and to U.S. global dominant trade union program. U.S. imperialism intentionally fosters divisions between different peoples and nations, offering relative rewards to those who choose to cooperate with U.S. dictates, e.g. Saudi Arabia, Israel, and Colombia, while brutally punishing those who do not, e.g. Lebanon, Syria, Iran, Cuba, Nicaragua, and Venezuela. 
HKS also currently hosts Ricardo Hausman, founder and director of Harvard's Growth Lab, the academic laboratory of the US-backed Venezuelan coup. In How Harvard Rules, John Trumpbaugh documents the central role Harvard played in the establishment of the Cold War academic military-industrial complex and U.S. imperialism post-World War II, How Harvard Rules, 51. Trumpbaugh highlights the role of the Harvard Kennedy School under Dean Graham Allison, 1977-1989, in particular, recounting that Dean Allison ran an executive education program for Pentagon officials at Harvard Kennedy, HHR 68. Harvard Kennedy School's support for the U.S. military and U.S. empire continues to this day. HKS states on its website, Harvard Kennedy School, because of its mission to train public leaders and its depth of expertise in the study of defense and international security, has always had a particularly strong relationship with the U.S. armed forces. This relationship is mutually beneficial. The school has provided its expertise to branches of the U.S. military, and it has given military personnel, active and veteran, access to Harvard's education and training. The same web page further notes that after the removal of ROTC, Reserve Officers Training Corps, from Harvard Kennedy School in 1969, under the leadership of Harvard President Drew Faust, the ROTC program was reinstated in 2011, and the Kennedy School's relationship with the military continues to grow more robust each year. In particular, Harvard Kennedy School's Belfer Center for Science and International Affairs provides broad support to the U.S. military and the objectives of the U.S. empire. The Belfer Center is co-directed by former U.S. Secretary of Defense Ashton Carter, a war hawk who has advocated for a U.S. invasion of North Korea and U.S. military buildups against Russia and Iran, and former Pentagon Chief of Staff Eric Rosenbach. Programs within HKS Belfer Center include the Center's Intelligence Program, which boasts that it acquaints students and fellows with the intelligence community and its strengths and weaknesses for policymaking. In 2016, Harvard Kennedy School is home to the Wexner Foundation. Through its Israel Fellowship, the Wexner Foundation awards 10 scholarships annually to outstanding public sector directors and leaders from Israel, helping these individuals to pursue a master's in public administration at the Kennedy School. Past Wexner Fellows include more than 25 Israeli generals and other high-ranking military and police officials. Among them is the Israeli Defense Force's current Chief of General Staff, Aviv Kokavi, who is directly responsible for the bombardment of Gaza in May 2021. Kokavi also is believed to be one of the 200 to 300 Israeli officials identified by Tel Aviv as likely to be indicted by the International Criminal Court's probe into alleged Israeli war crimes committed in Gaza in 2014. The Wexner Foundation also paid former Israeli Prime Minister Ehud Barak, himself accused of war crimes in connection with Israel's 2009 operation cast lead that killed over 1,400 Palestinians in Gaza, $2.3 million for two studies, one of which he did not complete. HKS's Belfer Center has hosted Israeli generals, politicians, and other officials to give talks at Harvard Kennedy School. Ehud Barak, mentioned above, was himself a Belfer Fellow at HKS in 2016. The Belfer Center also hosts crassly pro-Israel events for HKS students, such as the Abraham Accords, a conversation on the historic normalization of relations between the UAE. 
Bahrain and Israel, a discussion with former Mossad director Tamir Pardo, the future of modern warfare, which Belfer describes as a lunch seminar with Yair Golan, former deputy chief of the general staff for the Israel Defense Forces, and the future of Israel's national security. As of 2022, Harvard Kennedy School's Belfer Center is hosting former Israel military general and war criminal Amos Yadlin as a senior fellow at the Belfer's Middle East Initiative. Furthermore, HKS is allowing Yadlin to lead a weekly study group of HKS students entitled, Israeli National Security in a Shifting Middle East, Historical and Strategic Perspectives for an Uncertain Future. Harvard University students wrote an open letter demanding HKS sever all association with Amos Yadlin and immediately suspend his study group. Yadlin had defended Israel's assassination policy through which the Israeli state has extrajudicially killed hundreds of Palestinians since 2000, writing that that the laws and ethics of conventional war did not apply, vis or vis Palestinians under Zionist occupation. Harvard Kennedy School also plays host to the Harvard Kennedy School Israel Caucus. The HKS Israel Caucus coordinates, heavily subsidized trips to Israel for 50 HKS students annually. According to HKS Israel Caucus's website, students who attend these trips, meet the leading decision makers and influences in Israeli politics, regional security and intelligence, the Israeli-Palestinian conflict, and, the next big tech companies. The HKS Israel Caucus also regularly hosts events which celebrate Israel's culture and history. Like the trips to Israel they coordinate, HKS Israel Caucus events consistently whitewash over the reality of Israel's colonial war against the Palestinian people through normalizing land theft, forced displacement, and resource theft. Harvard Kennedy School also has numerous ties to local pro-Israel organizations, the ADL, the JCRC, and CJP, the Harvard Kennedy School's support for Saudi Arabia. In 2017, Harvard Kennedy School's Belfer Center announced the launch of the Project on Saudi and Gulf Cooperation Council Security, which Belfer stated was made possible through a gift from HRH Prince Turkey bin Abdullah bin Abdulaziz Al Saad of Saudi Arabia. Through this project, Harvard Kennedy School and the HKS Belfer Center have hosted numerous events at HKS which have promoted Saudi Arabia as a liberalizing and positive force for security and stability in the region, whitewashing over the realities of the Saudi-led and US-backed campaign of airstrikes and blockade against Yemen which has precipitated conditions of mass starvation and an epidemic of cholera amongst the Yemeni people. The Belfer Center's project on Saudi and Gulf Cooperation Council security further normalizes and whitewashes Saudi Arabia's crimes through its HKS student delegation to Saudi Arabia. This delegation brings 11 Harvard Kennedy School students annually on two-week trips to Saudi Arabia. Not unlike the student trips to Israel Harvard Kennedy School's Israel Caucus coordinates, these trips to Saudi Arabia present HKS students with a crassly propagandized impression of Saudi Arabia, shoring up support for the kingdom amongst the future leaders of the U.S. security state which HKS seeks to nurture. Finding our mission The vast network outlined above between the Harvard Kennedy School, the U.S. federal government, the U.S. armed forces, and the U.S. weapons industry constitutes only a small portion of what is known about HKS and its role in U.S. imperialism, but it is Appendix, the death toll of U.S. imperialism since World War II A critical disclaimer, 
Figures relating to the death toll of U.S. imperialism are often grossly underestimated due to the U.S. government's lack of transparency and often purposeful cover-up and miscounts of death tolls. In some cases, this can lead to ranges of figures that include millions of human lives, as in the figure for Indonesia below with estimates of 500,000 to 3 million people. Afghanistan, at least 176,000 people Bosnia, 20,000 to 30,000 people Bosnia and Krajina, 250,000 people Cambodia, 2-3 million people Chad, 40,000 people and as many as 200,000 tortured. Chile, 10,000 people, the US-sponsored Pinochet coup in Chile, Colombia, 60,000 people Congo, 10 million people, Belgian imperialism supported by U.S. corporations and the U.S.-sponsored assassination of Patrice Lumumba. Croatia, 15,000 people Cuba, 1,800 people Dominican Republic, at least 3,000 people East Timor, 200,000 people El Salvador, more than 75,000 people, U.S. support of the Salvadoran oligarchy and death squads. Greece, more than 50,000 people Grenada, 277 people Guatemala, 140,000 to 200,000 people killed or forcefully disappeared, U.S. support of the Guatemalan junta. Haiti, 100,000 people Honduras, hundreds of people, CIA-supported battalion kidnapped, tortured and killed at least 316 people, Indonesia, estimates of 500,000 to 3 million people. Iran, 262,000 people Iraq, 2.4 million people in Iraq war, 576,000 Iraqi children by U.S. sanctions, and over 100,000 people in Gulf War Japan, 2.6 to 3.1 million people. Korea, 5 million people Kosovo, 500 to 5,000 Laos, 50,000 people Libya, at least 2,500 people Nicaragua, at least 30,000 people, U.S.-backed Contra's destabilization of the Sandinista government in Nicaragua. Operation Condor, at least 10,000 people, by governments of Argentina, Chile, Uruguay, Paraguay, Bolivia, Brazil, Ecuador, and Peru. U.S. government, CIA-coordinated training on torture, technical support, and supplied military aid to the juntas. Pakistan, at least 1.5 million people Palestine, estimated more than 200,000 people killed by military but this does not include death from blockade, siege, settler violence. Panama, between 504,000 people Philippines, over 100,000 people executed or disappeared Puerto Rico, 4,645 to 8,000 people Somalia, at least 2,000 people Sudan, 2 million people Syria, at least 350,000 people Vietnam, 3 million people Yemen, over 377,000 people Yugoslavia, 107,000 people.